Once upon a time, in a faraway land, there was a story that changed everything. Welcome to Story Tales, the podcast all about storytelling in its many forms. I am Marcus Hooper, and I'm here with my wonderful wife, Amy. Hi. Hello. So, this is October, the spoopy month. <laughs> it's getting spoopy out there, kids. Oh so, in honor of the month of spoopiness, we are going through... What are we going through, Amy? The Harry Potter movies. That's right. And you haven't seen all the Harry Potter movies yet. No, I don't know how many I've seen because the last few kind of blurred for me. (laughs) Yeah. But we've both read, I've seen all the movies, Mm -hmm. but we've both read all the books. Yes. And I love the books. Yeah, they're great. I hate to be that guy, right? Because whenever I was growing up, I hated when people said this to me. But the books are better than the movies. I don't hate to be that person. The books are better than the movies in almost every case. But it's it's really not fair to the movies. No. Because the books can take as much time as they want. They can have as many details as they want. You know, as many characters. The movies are good. They're real. I, but the books I feel are like, better. Right. I feel like the movies are really good adaptations. Yeah. But they just don't have the time to add everything in. Yeah. You know? And the book series wasn't done when they were making them. So... A lot of stuff they were like, is this going to be important? We don't know. So uh, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, but anyway, so in this episode, we're actually going to do two movies at a time because we don't want this to spill over October. So we're going to do two movies at a time since there are eight movies in four weeks. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> I meant to say. That makes it, perfect <laughs> it, That makes perfect <laughs> It works perfectly is what I meant to say. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is right after lunch, so I'm a little we're lethargic. Little, yeah, we need to get our nap in. <laughs> so the first movie we're going to talk about, obviously, is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hot. No, I'm kidding. Can you imagine <laughs> started the if we like backwards. worked backwards? People would be furious. They'd be like, why would you do that? I kind of wish we that? did that. Yeah, that kind of annoyed be, we didn't do that. <laughs> be so, people would be so mad. No, we started with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone if you live anywhere but the United States. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know if they changed it in any other countries. I think it was just us, because they thought we wouldn't understand Philosopher. But, like, that's that makes me so mad. <laughs> I know, <it laughs> they think we're They think we're dumb, which maybe they have a point about some of us. Yeah. But, like, when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't have known what Sorcerer meant either, but I would have just... Figured it out. Yeah. You know? But Philosopher's Stone, I don't know. Why do British kids get that and American kids don't? I I don't understand. I think that was a publisher decision, though. I don't think that... Like, I don't think J.K. Rowling was like... I don't think... American kids are stupid. But uh, I think it's crazy that, like, whenever any characters in the movie say Sorcerer's Stone, there's another version out there where they say Philosopher's Stone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wish I could find it. Because I want to see them do it. But that's crazy. They made the kids do like multiple takes so they could do multiple. Anyway, that's a lot of effort for no reason is yeah. my point. Like yeah. Americans would be fine. Even if they didn't get the word philosopher, who cares? You're yeah. just describing what the stone does. Sorcerer's stone doesn't imply what the stone does either. No. The stone like helps you live longer. Sorcerer doesn't necessarily mean that. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean... Just call you could have called it the Hibbledy Jibbledy Stone and it could have done the same thing. And I don't know what Hibbledy Jibbledy means, so 
You can't I'm even say it up. twice. <laughs> I can't say it twice. I am worked up about this. I don't know you if you are. can tell. I can. And I'm sitting here like, do we lose anything by changing it from philosopher to sorcerer? No, it's... it's we don't. It's not the word itself. It's just the fact that they thought I was it's too the, stupid. It's the principle. I'm they taking hurt it, your feelings. They hurt my feelings. They. It's a. Per, it's, I made it personal is the problem. Yeah, you did. So first, let's start off with whether or not we liked the movie. I'll let you go first. I liked it. Cool. You said, did you like it or not? I did. I liked it. We typically kind of go into general thoughts after that. Yes. (laughs) So I thought it was cute. You told me that the director of it also did Home Alone. And there were definitely some Home Alone antics in this movie. Um, (laughs) But it was cute. Like, it was a kid's movie. And like, I don't know, it was cute. And the kids are cute. Yeah. And that works for this movie. Yeah, it does. And one thing that I like about this movie, and it kind of carries into the next movie, is it feels very whimsical. Yeah. And to me, that fits this world really well. Yeah. And um, and the music is very whimsical. John Williams, his score is fantastic in both movies. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's in all the movies, but he wrote Hedwig's theme, which is like the main Harry Potter theme. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's iconic. Like, they still play it even in the Fantastic Beast movies, mm-hmm. just so you know that it's the same <laughs> world. Yeah. Even though it's named after a character that doesn't appear in those movies at all. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I really like this movie. I think it's good. Um, to me, the only issue I have with it, and they're very they're minor. They don't make me not enjoy it. But, like, the kids, their acting is kind of, you know, they're little kids. They're kids, They're yeah. really little kids. So sometimes it's not great, but it's surprisingly good to me for how old they were. Yeah. Um, and especially the main three, they hadn't really acted before. Mm-hmm. I know Daniel Radcliffe had been in one movie before at least. Um, he might have done more stuff. People are going to come after us and be like, um, actually, they all had done these plays and mm-hmm. I don't know. But they, <laughs> they didn't have a wealth of acting experience. They were still relatively new. They were kids. Yeah. Um, and I know that in the behind the scenes stuff, Chris Columbus was like, basically coaching them constantly behind the camera. That's why they, that's one big reason they got him because he's worked with kids before Mm -hmm. and they were confident that he'd be able to. But then like, think about this, right? It's, he's not just working with the main three kids. It's mostly children. Yeah. There's hundreds hundreds of of kids, kids, even the extras. Yeah. And I'm sure they were all crazy. And so he'd have to be like, guys, shut up. (laughs) We're trying to make a movie. He was probably nicer than that. Yeah. But it's crazy to think. I, I'm already losing my patience just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't I worked imagine. with 12 kids today, and I was like, mm. <laughs> toward the end, I was like, when are your parents coming? <laughs> <laughs> are your parents here yet? <laughs> so, yeah, I think overall, I really like the movie. It's a really good movie. The only weak points are the, the acting sometimes from the kids. Yeah. All the adults are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the acting sometimes from the kids and the CGI. Oh my gosh. Is the rubber awful. rubber children. They look like the Polar Express. It's disgusting. Which and is I hate gross. the Polar Express. Yeah. <laughs> you it's hate so the Polar creepy. Express. Well, the reason I and that's gonna be a super unpopular opinion in the comments or whatever, but like the reason I don't like Polar Express is because as a child, I didn't know if it was animated or live action, and that freaked me out. <laughs> so I was like, mm, pass. So I've just never watched it. Hard pass. Uh, hard pass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those, like, when Neville is being carried around during their first broom lesson, he's very rubbery. And then the Quidditch match, those children are, I mean, uh, just disgusting. Yeah. And I think it was just of the time. This came out in 2001. 
Um, I think they filmed in either 1999 or 2000. So it's, you know, it's very of the time. <laughs> Although I will say, I feel like other movies around that time had better CGI. So I can't, we can't just excuse it entirely. But yeah. I think it was rough to do good CGI work, especially if you didn't have the proper budget for it. And that's probably what it was. Yeah. I don't want to blame the artists behind it. They probably didn't, they either probably didn't have enough time or money. You know, that's usually the case. Even yeah. now, like if CGI is bad, and I've learned that recently because a company that makes really good CGI in a movie is probably the same company that made bad CGI in a different movie. So it's like they're clearly talented and they're really good, but it's usually not their fault. It's usually they run out of money or they run out of time. Because I found out you get a certain, like the way it kind of works most of the time is you get a certain amount of money per shot. Mm. And if they're working really hard, but then they've already spent all that money for that shot, they stop and they move on to the next shot and it's done Oof. and they can't do anything else. Because that's just like how it works. If yeah. you can't pay them for more time, they're going to stop, you know? So a lot of times, that's what happened with, uh, it's kind of a tangent, but that's what happened with Black Panther. That fight scene at the end is a little rough. It's CGI and it's kind of like, eh. I don't remember. Well, oh, you already you only saw it that one time. Yeah. And we immediately watched Infinity War after. Yeah, it was a double feature. So that probably stuck in your mind a little bit more is, the, yeah. <laughs> is Infinity War. But it's because they ran out of time because mm -hmm. they... They filmed it like a few months before the movie came out, and then they ran out of time. So anyway, th all that being said, the CGI is rough, but the music, um, the performances, for the most part, are really good. And yeah. even when the kids are ki are being kids, you know, not the greatest actor, they're still cute because they're yeah. so small. Yeah. And luckily, they got better as they grew up because it would have been less cute when they were older. But luckily, they actually got better and better as they got older. Yeah, and um, even for child actors, they were good. They were still really good they for were, child actors. Yeah, I've seen some rough child acting growing up. Community theater, you see all types. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you see everything. <laughs> what do we think of the general story, like without getting into spoilers? I know it's a pretty old movie, but, you know, we weren't allowed to see it as kids. Yeah. We only saw it later, so there might be people like that who uh, either haven't gotten around to it or they weren't allowed to see it until now or still not allowed to see it. Um, so... We will, you know, split this into non-spoilers and spoilers for both movies. Yeah. Um, so, general story, and I know we've read the books too, what what are your thoughts about that? I like it. I think it's a good introduction to the world and the characters. I think you you get to really know everybody. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I like the story. <laughs> it's a nice, soft, I mean, there is high risk, you know, in the main conflict or whatever, but... It's nothing like the last book. You know? Right. So it's. I think it's a good, soft introduction to like, there is danger, um, but nothing a couple of 11-year-olds can't handle. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think it's above their station, but they're just like, you know. They just did it. They're the main characters. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I really like about this series, and I think a lot of other YA series they don't quite capture the magic of Harry Potter in the sense that the world might not be as interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So they might already be like working against themselves there. But what I think makes Harry Potter interesting is that it's it's a mystery, every book, you know? They're basically wizard detectives. Yeah. And if you think about it, well, that's a spoiler, so I won't say that. But 
knowing what where like some of these characters end up in the end. Yeah. It makes sense that they're basically wizard detectives. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is adorable. Yeah. A little wizard detective agency with little kids. <laughs> little babies. Little babies. And I think Harry is a great audience insert because he's new to this world. And the reason he's new to this world makes total sense yeah. in the world of the story. So it's not just like, how do you not know this? It's like, no, it makes he, perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to know it. And he's not... A lot of audience inserts, like... They're supposed to represent us, mm-hmm. so everyone explains things to them so that we know. A lot of them are, like, really blank and kind of, like, empty. And the reason is, is so you can insert yourself in there. Mm-hmm. But to me, that doesn't work because then the main character just feels boring. Yeah. The thing I like about Harry is everything gets explained to him because he didn't grow up with wizards. Yeah. And, well, and Hermione didn't, but then she... Learned everything when yeah. she got her letter. She did a ton of research. Yeah, but he got his Harry got his letter like the day before he left, so he didn't have time. He didn't know. Yeah, and, and they probably wouldn't have let him do any research. No, for sure not. Even if he got his, he lived in an abusive home. For those who don't know, mm. um, but I think like he has so many character traits. He's a person. Like he's a character. He's not just empty, so that we yeah. can live in him. Like he's. Way braver than I would be. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, we, we're both in... Amy and I would both be sorted into Hufflepuff. We've yeah. taken the test, so we would not be Gryffindor. Oh, I decided that before I took the test on Pottermore. I was like, mm, I bet I'm Hufflepuff. And then I took the test. I was like, yeah. 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 I'd be Hufflepuff if I was a British wizard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what the equivalent to Hufflepuff in Ilvermorny is. Is that no, how you say Ilvermorny? I don't know. The American school. Anyway. I don't care enough to know. <laughs> I really like the mystery I really like the introduction to the world. Mm-hmm. I think it's really well done. And it is very whimsical and it's exciting. To me, no matter how many times I've seen this movie or read this book, it's always exciting the first time Harry starts to discover. Like when he finds out he's a wizard, when he meets Hagrid, when he yeah. starts to meet all these people, mm-hmm. you get excited. Like yeah. I do at least. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I've read the books a few times. I've watched these movies several times. But every time I'm like, what a cool, like, this is so cool. You know, mm-hmm. almost like I'm like, he's a what for the first time. <laughs> you know? I'm surprised every time. <gasps> You're a wizard, Harry. And I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> but I think it's I think it's really, really good and really well done. Yeah, me too. <laughs> good. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, <laughs> me too. All right. So let's talk about um, spoilers a little bit. I think the way they build up Voldemort in this is really cool. I could be really snobby and call him Voldemort since that's what she mm. wanted to call him. But she didn't. She No, she did. <laughs> but the movies didn't. The movies she didn't. She didn't correct them. So. She might have and they were like, that's ridiculous. But um, yeah, for those who don't know, she, she J.K. Rowling, envisioned that his name would be pronounced Voldemort. Because she imagined it was like French. So the T is silent. But in the, when they did the movies, they called him Voldemort. And it's funny, even in the audiobooks, because that's what I listened to, they called him Voldemort all the way up until like either Goblet of Fire or Order of the Phoenix. And then they started calling him Voldemort. And I think that's because that's when the first movie came out. So they started calling him Voldemort in the audiobooks so that it would be the same. <laughs> But I'm like, but you've already been calling him Voldemort. Yeah, it's it's too late. 
it's too late. But what do you think about like introducing him? We don't get a lot of him in this, but I think the mystery really makes him scarier when they build him up like this. Yeah, and like, yeah, all, like all we know is that nobody will say his name. Yeah, and Harry, of course, doesn't know anything about him, so people are like, "What?" You know, but yeah, I think they build him up. We kind of barely see any of him, uh, but yeah, that's that's almost scarier because we just know he's out there somewhere, and it's gonna get worse. Right. Yeah. So I really, I really like that. Um, I don't know who the actor is who plays Voldemort on the back of uh, what Quirrell. Quirrell's head. Oh yeah, we're in spoilers, but. They think it's Snape the whole time who's trying to steal the Sorcerer's Stone. Maybe we should just go through what the story is, <laughs> since okay. it's spoilers. Because there might be people who don't mind being spoiled, but they don't know what the story is. Yeah. So we'll kind of go through it. So Harry's a wizard. He didn't know that. Uh, he's 11. He's 11. And his whole, his whole deal is he's got a lightning scar on his head, and his parents sacrificed themselves to protect him from Voldemort because Voldemort wanted to kill him. We don't know why in this movie. And um, Voldemort killed his parents, and then when he went to kill him, it didn't work, and it, like, destroyed Voldemort. Um, and so everybody was super pumped that Voldemort was gone, and Harry is super famous, but he didn't know it because he lived with muggles or non-magic folk. <laughs> as they call them, people who aren't wizards. He lived with muggles who hated him because they hated anything weird, what they considered weird, and they hated his parents. So he grew up with his aunt and uncle, but they hated him and they abused him growing up. And they never told him anything about the wizarding world because they didn't want him to be a freak, their words. So when one of the characters, Hagrid, shows up and is like, Oh, your parents were wizards and you're a wizard. Harry's like, excuse me? <laughs> he went, what's up? <laughs> uh, and so then he ends up going to Hogwarts, the uh, school of witchcraft and wizardry. Um, and he starts to learn how to become a wizard. And something- he makes friends for the first time in his life. Yeah, has friends. has friends for the first time. Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. We're skipping a lot of details, but we're not trying to like give you a beat for beat. Yeah, just go read it or watch yeah, it. Yeah, go read it or watch it. It's I mean, we both like it. We would recommend yeah. it. Spoilers for the for our opinions, but we would definitely <laughs> recommend it. Um, he goes to Hogwarts, makes friends. There's a mystery about the Sorcerer's Stone, and um, they think Voldemort's trying to get it to come back to life, and they think their professor, Professor Snape, is a bad guy, and he's trying to get it. They don't trust him because he's rude. He's super rude. Yeah, he's picking on children. I, okay, side note. If you're a teacher and you have it out for certain students to where you purposely ask them questions you know they can't answer and then give them detentions for no reason, get out of the game. You don't <laughs> deserve to be a teacher. You suck because teachers love their students and want them all to succeed and don't hold grudges for things that their parents did. So there's my little soapbox. I love children, and I'm going to stick my neck out for them. If any of you listeners here are terrible teachers, I'm gunning for you. <laughs> She's coming after you. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. But you're right. That's my soapbox on the abuse from Snape. Yeah. And Snape, Professor Snape is kind of a fan favorite. And if you don't know, like, the the end of the story, if you've never read or watched these, 
you might be like, why? He sounds terrible. Yes. Amy just went on a rant. Well, the way he his character ends up, we won't talk about it here, but there's there are things that happen that endear him to a lot of people. Um, but there's there are a lot of conversations right now where people are talking about whether or not we should like praise him, we even if he did great things sometimes. Um, it's tough. But that's what I like about his character. He's not one-dimensional. He's not like a good guy or a bad guy. He's really complicated, you know? Yeah. And he's, which people are. There are people probably who do terrible things, but also do really great things. And it's like, well, we can't like discount the good things these people did. But at the same time, you know? Yeah. Um. So it's very human and very there's a depth to his character that I appreciate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they think it's Professor Snape, but spoilers, we're already in spoilers, but I'm warning you again, <laughs> spoilers, it was actually Professor Quirrell, which he was like a stuttering, like, oh, I'm, like a scaredy cat yeah. kind of professor. I, 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 I'm Professor Quirrell, but he doesn't really talk like that. Um, <laughs> I don't just mean because I'm not doing the accent. I mean, like, he pretended to be all like, oh, I'm, I'm just a little scaredy cat. And he put on a fake stutter and stuff. And really, Voldemort was living on the back of his head. Which is weird and creepy and gross. Super weird. Um, So anyway, Harry and his friends end up, they're like, they set up a bunch of, I think the teachers at Hogwarts, set up a bunch of like tests to like block the Sorcerer's Stone. And Harry and his friends beat all of them. Um, And Harry ends up getting the Sorcerer's Stone and killing Professor Quirrell by touching him. And that sounds super awkward, but I'm not going to elaborate. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it right there. Go watch the movie. Go watch the movie or read the book or listen to the audiobook. <laughs> um, so let's talk about a few of the performances. Like we, we talked about that a little bit, but let's go mm-hmm. into depth. Um, Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good in this. Yeah. Uh, there are moments where you can see that he's being coached off camera. Yeah. But I only know that, I think, because I know, I know that was happening. Yeah. And like, I'm an actor, so I can kind of see those things. When, when we were watching it the other night, um, it was the, toward the beginning when Hagrid's kind of showing him the Wizarding World, takes him to the bank, you know, to get his money. Yeah. And uh, they go to the uh, the vault that belongs to Hogwarts, and it's empty except for one thing. And so the door opens, and there's just one little parcel in there, and you see him kind of snap into a look of, like, confusion. And I was thinking, like, oh, that's kind of a weird choice. And then Marcus told me that he's like, oh, the director probably just told him, like, look confused. Yeah. And that's why he kind of reacted. Like, it wasn't just a, oh, that's weird. He didn't have that expression at first. When it cuts to him, he's blank for, for like, a second. And then he just suddenly goes, hmm, like, and just snaps into it. So I... it might not be true, but I theorized that maybe in that shot we witnessed the director behind camera going, Daniel, look confused. All right, look confused. You see something confusing? Look confused. I mean, but they were like 11. Yeah. Um, Rupert Grint was the oldest one. He played Ron Weasley. He's He is so funny. He's so funny. He, he makes the cutest faces. He's a great Ron. Yeah, he is. Um, I think we've talked about they have some weird writing decisions for Ron. Yeah. Um, and it kind of comes up in, in this movie, but we really see the effects of it like later on. I guess we can talk about it now. Yeah. So basically, Ron has a lot more to do in the series as a whole in the books, but they give a lot of his stuff to other characters, 
which then kind of makes Ron in the movies seem a lot dumber than he's he really more, is. Yeah, the, the, he acts more as a comic relief in the movies, but in the books he does have a lot more to yeah. offer. And he is a comic relief in the books a bit, but but that's not his only. He's job. not just a goofball in the books. Like there in this in this movie, for example, I think like when they get caught in the uh, Devil's Snare, I think in the books that situation goes differently, and Ron was a little less dumb because in this one they tell him to relax and he just ignores them well, <laughs> and they hear hard time relaxing i can see that but I don't he's think I'd be he's panicking relax. he's panicking as if harry and hermione were killed but they're talking to him that's true. beneath the plant and they're like ron you just have to relax and then it'll let you go and he's like somebody help 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 that and is it, true and then like when he drops down after hermione hits it with the light which i don't think happened in the book i don't remember um he goes, ooh, lucky we didn't panic. And then Harry goes, lucky Hermione pays attention in Herbology. And I don't think that exchange was in the book either. Probably not. I don't really remember. Somebody might like like message us and be like, <laughs> you're wrong. That's exactly how it happened in the book. You're idiots. Which, Please be nice to us. <laughs> we are idiots, but no, I'm kidding. We're, uh, not, we're not. You're not at least. Speak for yourself. Just kidding. <laughs> She's not at least. I, I don't know about me. You're not. So, But Rupert Grint's performance is really good. Um, he's a great Ron. And ha- have you heard like what he did like for his audition? No, I don't think so. He sent in a tape of himself rapping. What? And he was like rapping about how he is Ron Weasley. <laughs> and they loved it. And <laughs> I wouldn't see that. They did lots of auditions where they had Daniel and Rupert and Emma all together. Mm. They did that with several different kids. Yeah. But their chemistry was the best. Aww. And I'll have to show you those videos because you can hear Chris Columbus making jokes behind the camera and then the kids will laugh. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's cute. so cute. Yeah, we need to watch this. So I brought her up, but she's the next one on the list. Um, Emma Watson mm-hmm. as Hermione is fantastic. Yeah. There are, I mean, all three kids are yeah. good, but I'm making a point to highlight each one. Um, she's really good. She was 10 yeah. when they made that first movie. She was so um, and you can't tell. Like, she seems the same age as the other two. Mm-hmm. And she's really good. I mean, I think they're all perfect casting. Some people have issues with the fact that some of their physical details aren't the same. Like they think Harry's hair isn't messy enough. They think like Ron is supposed to have lots of freckles and and Rupert Grint doesn't. Hermione's hair is supposed to be bushier than it is. And she's supposed to have like buck teeth. That's nitpicking. Yeah. Those are not like character issues that's just things that she wrote about the book characters and if we can't match up every single detail who cares yeah it doesn't affect the story and i think they were looking for actors who could fit the description as close as possible who were good so that's tough like it's tough in the first place to find kid actors who are good but then to find kid actors who could fit the description as close as possible and they're good like I don't envy them, but Chris Columbus and his team did a great job because they cast this series for the most part. There are a few characters like Luna, um, Lupin, characters like that who were cast later by different people, but most of the core people were cast by Christopher Christopher Columbus. (laughs) No, not Christopher, Chris. Chris. I told I told Amy I I wonder if he if his name is Christopher but he goes by Chris because he doesn't want to be called Christopher Columbus <laughs> I don't blame him um, but props to him for sure because he he and his team cast most of these people 
um, and they did a great job. Maggie Smith, um, do you know who that is? She was on Downton Abbey, but I don't actually know who she is. She was a uh, McGonagall. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was in um, Hook too. She was the older Wendy. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. We watched Hook relatively recently, a few months ago. Yeah, I'd never seen it before, which is super weird. She never seen it, but she loves Peter Pan. I do and she loved it. Um, Alan Rickman, of course. Oh my gosh! Rest yeah, in he, peace. Yeah, he is amazing in this series. He's super good. He's perfect as Snape. Yeah, he is. The only issue is not his fault. He's just a little old at the time. Like when they made it, he was a little older than the character was supposed to be. Oh, but who cares about yeah. that? I don't care about that. Um, but I was just going to point it out because oh. somebody might message us and be like, well, he was a little old. Um, I know that, but he was still perfect. Yeah, his um, acting was really good. She based Snape off of him like when that. she wrote the books, mm-hmm. and she wanted him to be Snape. And I think at first he was like, mm. a lot of the o- adult actors at first were kind of <laughs> like, mm, when they heard about it. Yeah, A lot of them have very similar stories where a young person in their life, whether it be their kids or their grandkids or like nieces or nephews, they were the ones that were like, you have to be in that movie. Do it or I will never talk to you again. (laughs) And they were like, geez. And so then they would do it. Most of the adults have similar stories like that. There are a few of them that just generally thought it was a good idea and were like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. But I know, um, I think Alan Rickman was one of the ones that was like, (laughs) I don't know. And then somebody convinced him to do it. I don't know if it was a child, but somebody convinced him. Richard Harris, he plays Dumbledore in this movie and the next one. Mm -hmm. And he sadly passed away before Chamber of Secrets even came out. So he is not Dumbledore past Chamber of Secrets. And we'll let's not talk about the recasted Dumbledore until we get there. Okay. But I like Richard Harris as Dumbledore. I like his gentleness mm-hmm. and I like his whimsy. He has some whimsy about him. He feels like Like Jude Law, I really like Jude Law as Dumbledore in the Fantastic Beast movies. Mm -hmm. He feels like Jude Law's character, old, you know? Like, to me, those two characters kind of feel similar. Yeah, I I think he's too subdued. Because he's more subdued than I pictured Dumbledore when I was reading the books. He's feebler than the Dumbledore. Like, they make a point in the books that Dumbledore looks really old, but he acts kind of spry. Yeah. He does a lot of things that you wouldn't expect someone who looks like him to be able to do. Yeah. So that's my only complaint about him. It's just that he's a little too subdued to be the Dumbledore that I pictured. And maybe it's because I am comparing him to the next actor who plays him. Which you just said not to do. I know, but like, <laughs> I guess compared to that one, that's why I, I like this one better. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a more subdued, whimsical Dumbledore than what we get later. You and said I won't not go to into talk that. about it. I just, well, it comes later. That's all I'm saying. I like this one better, but I do like Jude Laws. I think Jude Laws fits. Yeah, I think he does the, I think, yeah, I think he does it really well. I think I they should have, I, I told you this recently. I think they should have gotten a younger actor and dressed them up to look old so they could be spry. Like mm. they could walk around like a young person, but just look old. Yeah. Um, I think that's the issue with getting an older actor. Because Dumbledore, he looked old, but he didn't act old. And no. that's kind of his whole deal. Yeah. How old was Jude Law when the first Harry Potter came out? Oh, he was young. Oh. Like a young adult. Oh, so he probably couldn't have done it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean like young, young, like 20. I, oh, maybe okay. get like a 40-year-old guy. Yeah. And dress him up. Um, but 
I think Richard Harris does do a good job. He does have a really sweet grandpa vibe about him. Yeah, he does. Which helps. I'd rather have a sweet grandpa vibe than like, you know, what comes later. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk Stop about it. Stop bringing it up. You said not to bring I it know, up. I know. I know. Oh, Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's he's, really per- good. he's perfect casting, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I did see the movies first, so I might be a little biased. But, I mean, I just picture him as Hagrid. Like, Yeah, no, I think he's perfect. Yeah. And he embodies the character mm-hmm. whenever he's like, I shouldn't have said that. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, he does it so well. And his, like, love for Harry, like, even from the very beginning. Like, he's crying when they drop him off at the mm-hmm. Dursleys. And Dumbledore says, you know, hey, Hagrid, come on. He's like, it's not really goodbye after all. Mm-hmm. and Because he knows it's going to come to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And Hagrid's like, uh, crying. Mm-hmm. It's and, a little presumptuous. <laughs> and then he bakes him a cake for his he 11th does. birthday. Uh, Harry's never had a birthday cake before. Never had a birthday cake. Never had presents. He mm-hmm. gets presents for Christmas mm-hmm. for the first time in yeah. his life. Anyway. Um, Wait, we were talking about the actor. <laughs> yeah. There, there are way more performances, um, but those actors kind of stood out the most to me. Is there an actor I missed that stands out to you that I didn't mention in this uh, movie? I don't think so. I don't know them very well. Oh, the kid, uh, Tom Felton. Tom Felton. Yes. He is great. He's really good. I He might give the best acting performance, I think, in the movie. Because I think a lot of, um, like we said, the the main three kids are really good. Best acting performance from a kid, I meant, from yeah. one of the child actors. <laughs> the main three are good, but I think a lot of their charm carries them. I think their childish charm carries a lot of the weight in that first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are also really acting. Yeah. But Tom Felton feels like he's like acting. Yeah. And I think he actually had more experience than them, and that's probably why mm-hmm. he was like there to work. Like he was like I'm. I mean, they were all. Yeah. Probably there to work, but <laughs> he came, he came like, I, I know what to do. Yeah. I'm, do. I'm doing this. He does a great job because obviously Draco is the most hateable boy in all the land and he yeah. does a really good job. Yeah, he does. You hate him. And you it, hate Which him. you're supposed to. Yeah. He does a really great job. Oh, that made me think we had a, we had a joke going. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Where? About the tech- yeah. Okay. So there's this, there's this, uh, YouTube channel called pretty much it. And they do commentaries for movies. And they have a hilarious commentary video for the entire Harry Potter series. So go check that out if you haven't. It's really funny. I actually haven't seen them either. Um, I will say if you don't like vulgar language, then you won't want to watch right, it. But no, you'd like it. Um, but it's they they <laughs> there's this really funny joke that they do, and we kept making that joke when we watched the both movies. Yeah. Where um, towards the beginning, when the first years first get to Hogwarts, Professor McGonagall is like talking to them and she gets interrupted by Neville because he sees his toad who had run away and he goes, he ran away on the train. Yeah, he ran away on the train. I don't know how he got there. And he goes, Trevor, and like runs up right in front of McGonagall and picks up the toad and then like looks up at her and it does a shot like where the camera's looking up at McGonagall and she like raises an eyebrow at him <laughs> and they do this joke where they just go, what if she was like, oh, and like kills him and they were like now let that be a lesson to all of you and so anytime like anybody interrupted an adult we would go avada kedavra and like just be like what if they just murdered them and it was it cracked us up every time so try to see how many times they if you watch the movie 
Try to imagine how many times the adults might murder the children for stepping out, for stepping out of line. Snape would do it with a smile. Snape would do it if they didn't do anything. Yeah, like, he'd walk in the room and be like, "Avada Kedavra, Avada Kedavra, Avada Kedavra." You didn't Kedavra. stay home sick today, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> That's like his roll call. Yeah, Harry Potter, Avada Kedavra, <laughs> Ron Weasley, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about cinematography um, really quick because we, we've been taking a lot of time, but we had a lot to say. I think it's good. I think it's really good. There's a lot of really cool shots. Okay, a shot that's... There. To me, the coolest thing in this movie is a lot of the stuff they do with lighting. Yeah. Um, they do a lot of overhead lighting, which adds kind of like a glow to everybody, which makes everything feel really magical and really whimsical. I, I think specifically about when Ollivander, the wand maker, first gives Harry his wand, like his mm. actual wand... And like they do that shot where it pushes in on Harry and the wind blows his hair and like the light glows, like the room glows and it plays that swelling music. And it's just like, oh, it's so cool. It's so whimsical. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. great. Um, so the cinematography for the most part is really good. I like it. Yeah. I don't really notice that. I said that in the last episode, but yeah, I didn't notice any shots, but only because I just don't notice them. <laughs> yeah. The only part, uh, if you can call this cinematography is the CGI. It was just, uh, yeah. it was terrible. Um, yeah. Just bad. Yeah. Um, there was, there already. was one CGI part that you were like, that looks good. And I was like, oh, I was just thinking that looked bad. Oh no, what was it? It was um, when, when Hagrid makes the bricks move. Oh, I thought it looked cool. So at first it looks good because they're, they're keeping some real bricks and only the bricks that are moving are CG. But then when they cut away and cut back and more bricks are moving, the whole wall is CG I, I didn't and it mean looks the, awful. I didn't mean the CGI was good. I meant like... Oh, just the, the way it worked? The way it worked, that the bricks were just turning like little puzzle pieces. Oh, yeah. That I, is yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. I didn't... Because I could tell it looked a little library. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, we, I liked the concept of it. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, the overall... This isn't really cinematography, but the overall design of everything is great. I mean, it's iconic. I mm. picture that stuff when I read the books. Yeah. Now, I watch the movies first, but like the way Hogwarts looks, the wands, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's also beautiful. The design of everything. It's it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, if there's any other cinematography stuff that we missed that you really like, let us know. Tweet us, uh, storytalespod at, at Twitter. <laughs> I almost did our email. At, if it was our email. At gmail.com. Uh, actually, our email address is storytalespodcast at gmail.com. But... Uh, if there's any cinematography stuff or visual stuff that we didn't mention, which is a lot, because it's a visual feast, this movie, this series. Mm -hmm. But if there's anything we missed that you really loved, give us a little, give us a little shout. Tweet at us. Is that what you say? Tweet at us. Is that what the kids say? I'm gonna say tweet us. Tweet us. Tweet us. Tweet us on Facebook. Tweet us. That sounds like somebody's name in the South. Well, tweet us. <laughs> We're here watching the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> um, music. I don't. I don't want to go too much into this because there's not much to say other than it's great. I think John mm -hmm. Williams did a great job. The music yeah. is very whimsical. Mm -hmm. It's very. It's beautiful. It fits perfectly. And he made Hedwig's theme, which, if you don't know what that is, that's the dun 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 dun. dun. Now our our podcast is being copyrighted. Yeah. Struck. <laughs> you did a cover, so it's. Fine. I did a cover. It's yeah. Fine. It's a re here. I'll do a remix. Uh, nobody asked for that. <laughs> So. We just lost a bunch of listeners. Yeah, they're like, me. no, yeah, she's out. <laughs> just Amy walked just out walked door. out. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you have anything to say about the music? No, 
I thought it was pretty. I thought it fit really well. Yeah, we don't have much to say because it's so good. It's like there's not much more to say. I mean, we're not really music people as far as that goes. Like, like we music love scholars. Yeah, yeah, right. We're not music scholars, so we can't really go into the music theory of it. But I wish. I Can know. You imagine how much more pretentious I'd be if I was a music scholar. <laughs> oh, you'd lean oh. into it too. Oh yeah, I would. You would I'd be bring like, it up yes, all the time. I am a jerk about it, but you know what? I studied it. I think there are lots of like music theory videos about the score of Harry Potter on YouTube. So if that's something you're interested in, look that up because I've watched a few and it's pretty good um, we'll because the music is great. Oh, I will. I will. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the music is great. So um, any con- concluding thoughts about this movie? Uh, no. Well, okay, I fell asleep at the end of it. <laughs> yes, she did. Uh, so we, I tend to fall asleep in movies. Like if we watch them at home kind of late at night, it was date night and we had been out for dinner and then went home and then watched a movie and I fell asleep on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even try to stay awake. That. I was like, I'm getting sleepy. And Marcus was like, we'll move. And I was like, no. And I just I wasn't telling her to like get off the couch. No, but like. Well, then move. Get out of here. (laughs) Change position. You know, sit up straighter. I was like, no. And I just fell asleep at the end of the day. She wanted to fall asleep. I did. Well, I was so tired. You know when like you're so tired at the end of the day. It's like it's hard to even want to do anything because all you can think about is sleep. Yeah. But she only missed the very end and she had seen this one before. I, I was still awake when Harry woke up in the hospital wing after the whole like climax of the movie. So I just missed the wrap up. Yeah. So, which I've read and watched before. So, like, yeah. I, I I remember Dumbledore saying, what happened between you and Professor Quirrell is a secret. So, naturally, the whole school knows. I love that line. And that's the last thing I can remember. Because <laughs> you chuckled at that. I did. And yeah. then apparently immediately Fell right to out. sleep. Ha yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> For those who didn't see, she fell onto my shoulder yeah, right I, after she laughed. I didn't have a sound gag. Can't so really I do just, visual gags, no. babe, on a podcast. I did for you. You did for me? Yeah, I did for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've basically covered everything. It's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the performances are really good, surprisingly good from the kids. There's a lot of great visuals. There's a lot of um, amazing music. Um, the only thing that's really bad is the CGI. The kids' acting is spotty sometimes, but I wouldn't even say bad. Just no. kind of kids, you yeah. know? It's very excusable because you're like, well... You know, they're kids. They're children. But they they also grow into it over mm-hmm. time. They become better and better actors. I mean, obviously, because they've done way more stuff since. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great start to the to the series. Yeah. Yeah. A good intro. I would definitely recommend it. Would you recommend it? I would. Yeah, give it a watch. Give yeah. it a read. I would say watch the movies first mm-hmm. because it makes the books more satisfying because mm-hmm. you get more information. Because you'll only be disappointed if you do the other way yeah, around. Yeah, you're right. I was going to say the other way, but I tend to be more slanted toward reading anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. And you're only going to be disappointed, not because the movies are bad, but just because they don't have time to put everything in it. Yeah. And there's some great stuff in the books that they just had to cut. Yeah. Um, and I do have some problems with some stuff they cut later. But, it, I mean, I was a child when they made these, so I had, like, less than an opinion on what goes in, what went into them. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. I would say watch the movies first, then read the books. If you're not a book reader, um, just watch the movies um, or listen to the audiobooks. That's what I did. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you can listen to audio while you do stuff. Yeah. So um, I would recommend the audiobooks. If uh, you don't like movies, um, I guess enjoy the books. You're yeah. going to love them. I was going to say something <laughs> mean, but I decided don't not be to. Mean. <laughs> Alienate our I was going to do it as a joke, but I'm no. not going to say it. You guys are all great. I understand some <laughs> people don't like movies, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to take a little break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Stick with us. 
right, welcome back. We are now going to talk about the second movie in the Harry Potter franchise and book. We're kind of rolling them into yeah. into two. Um, in, well, no, we're rolling them into one. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make it worse. We're going to roll them into two. Here we go. Uh, anyway, we're talking about the second story in the Harry Potter franchise, which is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So we'll start with you again, my love. Uh, tell us if you liked it or not, and then tell us your general thoughts. I did like it. Um, I thought uh, the same as the first one. Like, you can definitely feel the Home Alone vibes. And I know this is the only other one he directed. Yeah. Um, but I thought, you know, still very sweet. The kids are definitely older already. And yeah. Like, uh, Dan's voice is deeper. And uh, Rupert's voice is a little squeaky. And yeah. it was so funny. Oh, he did said something. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, so squeaky. And I just got my voice back recently. So, like, that's how I sounded like for like a whole week i was yeah. like what you <laughs> 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 um it was definitely making the experience more enjoyable um but yeah all the kids acting got better and i didn't remember a lot of the story or like the end of the story so um because it's been a few years since i've read the book or watched that movie yeah and so i was it was kind of like watching it for the first time again actually no you i had never seen, seen it i was movie. about to say we skipped yeah. this one when we were originally watching because it because she was scared I, yes i have i'm afraid of spiders and i don't like snakes and so i was afraid of the basilisk um and um what's his name aragog aragog yeah but like i was Drawing the snakes to the basilisk. Uh, but yeah, I should have been, yeah, Aragog and all the billion spiders. There's like a whole spider scene. She closed her eyes for that whole I scene. I did. I covered up with the, covered my face with the blanket because I was <laughs> not trying to watch that. Um, but yeah, no, I liked it. I was like, wait, wait, what am I talking about? Yeah, so it had been a while since I'd read the book, um, but I was watching it for the first time. Yeah. So there was a lot that I was like, oh, you know, so it was good. Yeah. I, I really like it. I think it's, um, it's a good progression of the story. We get a little more information about Voldemort. Um, you know that his name was... Tom Riddle. Oh, I, was, I stopped because I was like, oh. we're, we're not in the spoiler <laughs> section right now. But I guess if they got through the first movie, we talked about spoilers in that. That's true. So, sorry. We're going to just talk about spoilers mm. from the beginning, everybody. Oops. Yikes. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, we found out his name was Tom Riddle. You know, it kind of humanizes him, but at the same time makes him scarier because it's like, oh, he was a real person. He was person. a regular person. It could, you know. Yeah. In the book, they really highlight more Harry's fear of turning into Voldemort because, not through possession, but because he realizes that there are a lot of similarities between him and Voldemort. And that's why, like in the book, we're just jumping straight into spoiler chat, by the way. For this one. <laughs> That's why in the book, when Dumbledore is like, Harry, do you have something to tell me? He's like, no, I don't. Because in his head, he's like, he's going to think I'm going to be the next Voldemort and they're going to like try to kill me or something. Mm. And so you're like, okay. But in the movie, you don't get that inner dialogue. So when he goes, nope, got nothing to tell you. You're like, why? <laughs> like, because I forgot why he did in the books until like later. But when he said that in the movie, I was like, why don't you just tell Dumbledore what's going on? Yeah. Because you don't get any of that in internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. So that is something I miss that that gets kind of missed in the jump from book to movie, which is to be expected. But I think you miss some things like that. They don't get there's not a perfect translation from the book to the movie there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I do really like it. Um, to me, the music is really good, but it doesn't stand out to me as much as it did in the first one. But I think the moments it did stand out, it's because I was like, oh, I like this track because it was in the first one. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, apparently, there was some 
because John Williams was too busy to come back for this, mm. but they still used his music. They used it from the first one, and they used some of his music from Star Wars and Indiana Jones, apparently. I didn't even notice. I had no idea. But uh, I did notice the tracks that were from the first one. So I think that's why the music is still good, but it doesn't stand out as much. Because it's not all original tracks. Yeah. You know. But it was still good. But it was good in the first one. So that's why it's good in this one. (laughs) Because it's the same stuff. (laughs) I think the acting already improves from the kids. Yeah, me too. Um, It feels more like performances and less like somebody's coaching them off camera. Which they might still have been doing. But it's less noticeable in this one. Mm -hmm. I really like the mystery of why, who's petrifying all these people. Mm -hmm. What's happening. And yeah. I I mean, (laughs) I feel like I don't have much to say. But... Because a lot of it is kind of the same as last time. The yeah. performances are good. The direction is good. The one big improvement, they use less of the rubbery CGI. I think they still use it, but they, they were smarter this time. When you're looking up close, like if somebody's like flying on a broomstick right in front of you, they use real footage. Mm-hmm. If students in the background are flying on brooms, I think those were CGI. Yeah. But they're far away, so you can't tell. The effects were a lot better in this one. And a lot of the stuff was practical. Like Yeah. In the first one, too. So a lot of stuff they would do practically. But the CGI was bad, so that stood out. But they also did a lot of practical stuff. Oh, so I don't even remember anything practical in the first one. I remember in the second one, like, using puppets, um, using, like, set pieces that actually moved. And, yeah, like you said, like, actually having kids on brooms. For close-up shots, you yeah. know, and the, it just looked better. It wasn't like rubber children. Yeah, like but the, the, the CGI that was there was better. Like Dobby yes. looked really yeah. good. Yeah, he did. Um, and the basilisk. Um, the basilisk. The basilisk looked really we're good. Trouble with that word. And they did go back and forth between a CGI basilisk and like a mechanical one. Yeah, like a practical puppet one. Which was huge. It, it was, was massive. Like it was actually like one to one scale to the yeah. CGI one, and it was. It was really good. You can't super tell like when it's going back and forth. Like honestly, I don't think I could always tell. You were like, oh, puppet there. Yeah, CG there. I couldn't tell the first few times I watched, I think. I it's think not it's super noticeable. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, yeah, I think this this section might be a lot shorter, but it's it's really just because honestly, to me, the quality continues through. Yeah. Like the 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 movie is really good and it's to me, it's just as good as the first one as far as quality, but I think the story of the first one captivates people more. Me too, mm-hmm. because that's the one where you're introduced to everything. Yeah. And it's a lot of like, ooh, ah. Yeah. Like, look at all this cool stuff. And this one's more like, we're here now. Like, yeah. we, we kind of know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why the first one, a lot more people, like, they might skip this one because the next one is really good. And it's a lot of people's favorite story. So I think some people might skip this one. But I think this one's really good. I think the mystery is really compelling. Like Harry's hearing voices. We find out he can speak to snakes. And that's not normal. And Normal. I don't mean normal. I mean that's not common. Common. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what else to say because a lot of what I would have to say, I said in the last one, the biggest difference is the CGI that is there is a lot better. And we can also tell that they used more actual footage and more practical stuff than they did in the first one probably to make up for the cgi but maybe that's why the cgi was better because they had less of it so they might have had the same cgi budget or more because the first movie probably did well Mm -hmm. so even if they had the same amount it probably looked better because they had fewer shots that needed as much cgi so then they could focus more money and more time on what they did need i don't know that might not be the case maybe they just got better but yeah um but i mean 
yeah, what else do you want to talk about? Because a lot of the, even the performances, they're the same people. Yeah. Um, oh, let's talk about Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh my gosh. Done by Kenneth Branagh. He was amazing. He was great because he was terrible. Yes. But <laughs> the was actor amazing. was great because the character was terrible, which he's supposed to be. I, okay, so we watched, you dragged me to see Tenet this year. Yeah. And not my kind of movie. Um, but I remember you telling me like he played Lockhart and I was like, what are you talking about? Because it's two completely different types of characters. Yeah, he's the bad and, guy in Tenet for those who don't know. Oh yeah. It's like super scary, like Russian bad accent, guy. Yeah. Beard. Very intimidating, very controlling and abusive. And I was like, and I hadn't seen this movie yet, but I knew who Lockhart was. Like I knew the character and I was like, how is that the same actor who can play both? But that's just acting. Like he can convincingly play both characters and I was buying it. It was crazy. So yeah. Yeah. And that was great. something I read, by the way, Amy, I, and I didn't tell you this because I was reading trivia while we were watching. Um, spoilers again, but... Spoilers for specifically Gilderoy Lockhart. He's like an author. He wrote all these books about his adventures, but you find out later that he didn't actually do any of those things other wizards, witches and wizards did, and he just erased their memory and stole their stories. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a little clue to that at the beginning that I had no idea. So at the beginning he says, I didn't banish the smiling banshee by smiling at him. No, he didn't say smiling banshee. It's not smiling banshee. Uh, it's something. It's I didn't banish the... The maybe a shrieking banshee. I don't know. Um, I didn't banish the shrieking banshee by smiling at him. Well, I read in the trivia that banshees are always female. So, oh. and he said him. So they think that that was intentional of like him being like he doesn't, he doesn't know, know anything. what banshees are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's just like, oh, um, well, I, I don't know if that's true. You know, this was IMDb trivia, which is just written by people. It's like the Wikipedia of trivia. Yeah. I think that's actually a diss to Wikipedia because I think Wikipedia is more credible these days than mm -hmm. it was when it started. But anyway, uh, Gilderoy Lockhart is a really funny character to me. He's annoying, but he's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kenneth Branagh did a great job. Yeah, he um, really did. I'm trying to think of other characters. Oh, I don't know the actor's name, but the actor who played Tom Riddle was really good. Yeah, he was. He did a good job of playing like, oh, I'm just a regular student. But then when it when the time came, he was like... I'm an evil teenager. I'm, yeah. Which is redundant. And he was a <laughs> Oh my gosh. There might be teenagers listening ah, to this. Ah, sorry. Teenagers, you're great. Yeah. Yay. What? Just I keep, just remember just being a teenager. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> I just remember being a teenager and... We were pretty cringy as teenagers. Yeah, but I also remember how mean everyone was. <laughs> oh my gosh. We are currently friends with some students. And yeah. they're nice. Yeah, it's just being a teenager is a rough time. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Well, don't blame them for that. I'm not. You kind of were. I kind of. There's <laughs> a lot going on, but also, how do you... I don't know. Never mind. I don't know Let's either. just quit. What are you talking about? I don't know. I really didn't know. Needless to say, we have nothing against... I have nothing against teenagers. I guess I can't speak for my wife. Experiences. She might be ageist a little bit. That's not... I'm not ageist. <laughs> I think so. You're mean. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, no, Tom Riddle. Oh, yeah. The actor who played him was great. He was believable that he was this evil wizard, just young. Mm -hmm. Um, and it proved that he didn't get bad when he, he didn't turn bad. Like when he became an adult, he was kind of working his way there, even when he was a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, 
I, I thought he was good. I'm trying to think of actors that were new to this film that we didn't mention in the last one. Everyone who we mentioned in the last one is great again. Yeah. Oh, the Weasleys. Um, oh yeah, we met his uh, their parents. Yeah, we Molly. saw we saw Molly yeah. a little bit in the first one, but we get more of her in this one. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that actress's name, but she's great. The actor who plays um, Arthur is fantastic. He's like Arthur Weasley. That's like yeah. how I picture Arthur Weasley. Yeah, all the Weasleys are great. We saw a little bit of Fred and George in the first one. Mm-hmm. We see a little bit of them in this one. They're they're good. I like those twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the Weasleys are great. Yeah, this is like the most we ever see of Percy in the movies. He yeah. kind of disappears. They cut his subplot have, out yeah, of the movies. Yeah, we don't have time for that in the movies. Yeah. Who else? Are there other characters that were new to this film that we didn't mention in the last one? I can't think. Filch of. is great. Filch, yeah. The actor who plays Filch is great. Don't remember his name. No. But yeah, uh, all the perform. Let, let's just say, let's just say this. All the performances are great. Yeah. I don't think there's a single weak performance. Mm-mm. Like, Mm-mm. there's none. No. None that I can think of. I can't think of any either. Yeah, even all the kids are great. Even not, not even just the main kids. So we've already kind of talked about, we're kind of, we're really rushing through this one, but yeah. it's, it's because a lot of what we said for the first one still holds up for yeah. this one. They're similar movies. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the cinematography was a little better in this one, but I'm not sure. Now that I'm saying that, I'm not sure. Again, I don't really notice cinematography you know what? until someone points it out to me. It might've been better in the first one. Cause I can't yeah. really think of any moments that stood out to me cinematography wise. Um, we were talking about a moment with Lucius Malfoy and the lights on his eyes. Yes, the lighting. I love it. They do when like a Dumbledore, they do like a soft light just on his eyes when, when he like when he's talking to Dumbledore and when he turns and says, uh, "Let us hope that Mister Potter would always be around to save the day." And then Harry Potter says, "Don't worry, I will be." Which apparently both those lines were ad-libbed. I know a lot of people already know that, but... Um, both I didn't until yesterday. That the actor who played Lucius Malfoy ad-libbed that line, and Daniel Radcliffe apparently, without skipping a beat, just said, don't worry, I will be. And apparently the actor who played um, Lucius Malfoy was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> this kid's good. Just He didn't even flinch. Um, and they kept it in the movie, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, Lucius Malfoy, he's really good. I, d- I forgot about it. That he was new to this movie. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to be Lucius Malfoy. Mm. He wanted to be in it, but he didn't want to be Lucius Malfoy. I think he auditioned for a different part, but they had him read for Lucius. Uh, Oh, I think he auditioned for Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh. But they had him audition for Lucius, and he was like, I don't want to be Lucius. But then he was like great at it, and so they were like, oh. It, It said in the trivia, I don't know if this is true. Again, it was just in the trivia. That the only reason he auditioned for Lucius is because he was he was too nice to say no, <laughs> like that he felt bad saying no, so he just did it. And they were like, "That's fantastic!" And he was like, "Oh no, oh, oh no!" <laughs> um, but he was great. Uh, he was the one that asked for Lucius to have long hair be- oh. because he didn't want to look too much like Draco. That makes sense. Um, so he wanted his hair to be long, but then he had to kind of keep his head back so his hair wouldn't fall in his face. But then it added to the snobbish snobbishness mm-hmm. because then he looked like he was always looking down his nose at everybody, mm-hmm. which it fits. It fits really well. Yeah. Jenny has a bigger role in this since yeah. she's I mean, the one who opens the, the Chamber role. of Secrets. <laughs> well, Harry probably has the biggest role. No, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk it back. Walk it back. Ah! <laughs> she hit me with a pin. <laughs> having a domestic on this recording. Yeah. <laughs> you two having a domestic? <laughs> <laughs> what? Mrs. Hudson from Sherlock. Oh. 
Uh, that's something we need to talk about on the podcast. Yes. Um, I think we're fading, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. No, I did want to talk about something. Okay, go ahead. I forgot what it was, though. Oh, good. I'm going to get there. <laughs> the Quidditch scene was... That's not what I was going to talk about, but the Quidditch scene was good. Like, it was better. The, the effects were better. Yeah. And I was sitting there the whole time, like, how has a ref not stopped this yet? That Quaffle is right. obviously chasing Harry. I think a lot of people wonder that, like... It's not to me. It's not as obvious in the books because you're reading at your own pace mm -hmm. that it goes on for a while without anybody intervening. But in the movies, when they play it out in real time, you're like, "Why is an adult not getting involved?" Yeah, like, Hagrid's the only one somehow that noticed the Quaffle was chasing him. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, that that not Quaffle, Bludger. Bludger, what's a Quaffle do? That's the That's ball that doesn't do with. anything. They just yeah, they score with it. Dang it! Sorry, I said Quaffle. It's all right. We fixed it. Bludger. Okay, Hostway, pace that. Every time I said quaffle, <laughs> every time I said quaffle, just pace. Bludger. Yeah, it'll be completely different. It'll, it'll, but I think it would be funny, like, if you're like, why didn't an adult step in to fix that Bludger? <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of like, why didn't they? Like, yeah. It, and Hagrid's like, that Bludger's been tampered with. And you can almost like picture like cutting to Dumbledore and he's like, shh, we're watching a game. <laughs> it's like, huh? <laughs> it's gonna kill him and then even after the game stops it's still trying to it's smash still... harry and it's hermione that blows it up yeah and um, i'm like hello yeah where's dumbledore where's any adult McGonagall. where's the ref yeah are they helpless are they like by magical law we're not allowed to interfere with a quit with a quiffle quiffle all right goodbye everyone thanks for listening to you know with a quidditch game that's what I meant to say. <laughs> Quiffle ball. Anyway, as you can tell, we're kind of fading a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, this movie was really good. I mean, I really recommend it. What about you? Yeah, I do too. Even if you have arachnophobia or think reptiles are yucky and gag-worthy, just watch it with somebody who can tell you when to look and when to cover your eyes. Yeah, like I did. Yeah. She actually could look at the basilisk. I could. I wasn't, because it didn't look like a real snake. It was just a snake-like monster, kind of. Yeah. And... The snake skin was pretty gross. It had me gagging a little bit. Yeah. Um. But the spiders, yeah, pass. Yeah, I, she had I to look, look away. Spiders. Yeah, that's about it. I Ugh, think there was something else I want to talk about. I feel like we I should be saying remember. more, but it's just so much of it is just is is good, just yeah. like the first one. And I feel like we'd be repeating ourselves. All right, I think that's it. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I highly recommend this movie. Amy recommends it. I recommend yeah. this whole series. Yeah. Books and movies. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, I would recommend watching the movies first. And then reading the books, because then it'll be a lot more fulfilling because you'll get more instead of less. You'll be like, oh, there's more. Do you think they should do watch eight movies, then read seven books or do movie book, movie book? Movie no, book? I would say watch all the movies and then read the books because then you'll see things in the books and you'll be like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. I think it makes it the experience better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, thanks guys for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us. Yeah. If you like this podcast and you want to hear more, please subscribe. We're going to talk about all the Harry Potter books and movies in this month in October. Mm -hmm. So if you want to hear us talk about Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire, that's coming up next week. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to tweet us, if you want to tweet us, you can tweet us at StorytalesPod on Twitter. If you want to send us an email, you can at StorytalesPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. you have anything to say before we go? 
just thank you guys for hanging out with us. This is new for us, and we're really excited about it. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Storytales. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at StorytalesPod, where you can share your story with us. Or you can email us at StorytalesPodcast at gmail.com. Your story wants to be told.